0: coming to me and asking me for advice when they tell me that yes I want to be an entrepreneur but I also want to have a good balance you know work-life balance forget it if you're an entrepreneur the boundaries are not there your life is your business
1: Hello and welcome to the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Alberto Ligi from London. Please click that subscribe button and follow us if you're not doing so already, and do leave us a rating and a review. It helps others to find the show as well. Today, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome onto the show Andrea Rasca, Chief Executive Officer of Mercato Metropolitano. They are a social enterprise embracing food as a human right. And in their view, food should be healthy, it should be sustainable, it should bring people together, it should have those local flavors. So we're going to be looking at the various marketplaces they have around London, and we'll explore the challenges as a social enterprise of securing funding, and identifying great partners, and looking at stakeholders, not just shareholders. Andrea's journey spans 35 years in this space, and actually originated way back when, when he was a child in Italy, with memories of growing up and having family dinners together around a table with no tv no iphone no interruptions good conversation and great company so that's the starting point for today and without further ado andrea a big heartfelt welcome onto the do one better podcast today
0: thank you very much indeed albert it's a pleasure to be here
1: well, it's great to see you. You're out there in Milano. I'm here in London, so not too much of a time difference, which is a good thing. You're the chief executive officer of Mercato Metropolitano. be great to, uh, to find out more.
0: Mercato Metropolitano is uh, basically an idea that I came up with in the last uh, 35 years of uh, different concepts and an evolution of the concept of creating a place that could connect the food system from the producers to the citizens but when i talk about food system i'm not talking about the sponsored food system not the industrial food system not even the fao food system i'm talking about the real things so real farmers who are the guardian of the soil who understand what is good to use for a soil to give a good apple to the citizens who need healthy good nutritious accessible food and it's not easy Alberto because uh, in the last 70 years we've seen that the food revolution and the green revolution started after the second world war with a very noble scope of feeding the world went the other direction obviously and we are not feeding the world there's still the same amount actually the amount of people who go unfed is growing but (laughs) the real uh, result of the green revolution was that half of the population is obese and we are dying from, for, from cardiovascular diseases. And now, food problems and food deaths are the number one, even bigger than the deaths from smoke. So, you understand that there is this uh, dichotomic approach to food, which is paradoxical. Food should be our first uh, source of energy, of health. And instead, to make it accessible, we created a certain kind of so called food. Uh, with the idea of feeding poor people or people in uh, poverty or people in, in uh, let's say, not ideal uh, social um, position with something that, of course, is very accessible in price, but it's going to damage your health for the rest of your life. So you're going to be a burden to society, a burden to yourself, a burden to your family, because you're going to be unhealthy. And in the same time, we are also damaging the planet because we are putting a lot of glyphosate in the soil. The soil is becoming unhealthy. So there is just two centimeters of soil alive. And that actually reflects the ray of the suns, creating the famous uh, heating uh, problem that we have on our Earth. And is not even absorbing the carbon dioxide, which a normal soil would do. So nature, if we let it go, will solve it through food, we can solve every problem in the world.
1: So tell me, you when we were talking earlier, Mercato Metropolitano, you, you said, look, the key thing I want to underscore here is that we're not a market, we're a movement. What do you mean by that?
0: Basically, to change, to shift the idea of food system as uh, as it should be, we need to create uh, a, a movement, which is a holistic movement, and an approach to city life. Why city life? Uh, I am a city guy. So I was born in Milano. I've been living in Tokyo, London, New York. I love cities. I love nature. I love nature, and I like to go to walk in nature once in a while, but I'm a city guy. And uh, there is a very, very clear reason why I want to concentrate on cities. First of all, because my life has got a span. I cannot, a, a span of time which is, hopefully a lot, but you cannot solve all problems in the world. So knowing that more than half of the population live in cities, I want to concentrate and try to change the way citizens of these big cities perceive the concept of food. So it's a movement because we face big problems nowadays in the world, which is social inclusiveness, um, Uh, solitude in cities, Um, young generation who do not have a purpose anymore and they are lost, uh, mental and physical well-being. And so we are not here to provide a pizza, you understand? We are here to provide a pizza which is full of nutrients, which is accessible in price, and which is compatible with local cultures. Just by doing these three things, we are already, let's say, tackling the issue of the right to food. And that's why we are a movement, because we want people to change their way of thinking about food and cities.
1: Got you. Tell us a little bit about how these citizens in these cities engage with you. Where do they find you? How do they interact with you? How do they benefit from you?
0: And that's that's a very interesting question, because UCL, Imperial, and Harvard ask us to become a business case. Because uh, even if I studied a lot, Alberto, I realized that you cannot apply the same uh, rules and the same theories nowadays. W- the world has changed so much. So there is one rule I, I know that you have to apply. You need to be flexible. How do people get to know us? I don't apply any marketing, any advertising. Our budget for the advertising is zero. So when I go to talk to MBA students at Imperial, they ask me to give a lecture. They tell me it's impossible. And I prove that it's not. When your concept is incredibly strong, incredibly authentic, and you put all your love and passion, and obviously you also know what you're doing, then people will come. Of course, it's going to take a longer approach to get to be known, but it's going to be forever. Instead, if you start with big advertising and big promotion, and then people come and they don't find what they you, they were told they would find because it's a process, you have to change things, then you lose them. What we did was to open the doors of Elephant and Castle, which was a, an abandoned factory in the middle of nowhere when I came to London in 2016. Elephant and me-
1: Castle in London in the UK.
0: Exactly. London in the UK. When I arrived, I remember that it was, few people knew where it was. And then oh, maybe they knew, but they'd never gone. They never visited it because there was nothing to see. And But if you look at the map of London, on geographically it's actually in the center of london is walking distant from common garden but because it's below the river oh it's not cool we don't go there so all of my friends told me don't do it andrea you're gonna fail andrea don't do it and uh, the contract was only for one year no electricity no water no gas nothing and no, no heating but you know when you go and you feel that you found Something, and you could I could see it, and there is a video. I don't know where it is now, but when I enter, and I was walking, I saw exactly what it could become: the place, the music, uh, the dance, the jazz club, the kids' uh, uh, cooking classes, and the pizza and the pasta and the uh, fish, uh, Jap- and maybe also some obviously British food and Chinese food and Japanese food. And I decided to take it, and I opened the doors without spending one pound in PR, marketing, communication, nothing. I just concentrated all my effort into creating the best possible experience for me at the beginning. What did I want? Am I happy about this? Is, this? is it exactly what I want? And by doing this, you open the doors and you hope people will find it interesting. And few people started coming and the best thing happened, as always, Mother with trolleys came, and they are the key of every society because they link everybody, families, friends, everybody. And they started WhatsApping each other. Oh, there's a cute place here. Good place, good place, good place. One year. We closed the first year with 9 million pounds of sales in a place which was had only 10 uh, restaurants at the beginning, and it was so cold. I was dying every day, believe me. And then the second year, we expanded it. More people came. The result is that after seven years, we are still growing 20% year on year without one pound invested in advertising, but a lot of pounds invested in community, feeding kids, sourcing the right ingredients, and engaging all of our, our trading partners in, in a educational uh, training course on ESG and sustainable development goals.
1: This is what we do. What does it feel like? What's the experience like? If you show up at uh, Elephant and Castle, you go to Mercato Metropolitano. Tell me a little bit. I'm walking through the doors.
0: So you enter, start seeing that we have no friends. Not at all. I don't write anything. Not that much in my mark because I don't like to preach. I like people to come because they enjoy the place. They love the food. They like the engagement, the music, and they come. But then they go to our trading partners and they ask for whatever, a brand of something or a whiskey or a mineral water or pasta, none. We say we don't serve it. We serve only local, compatible and uh, compliant with our manifesto products. And they say, okay, so they try and they try and they love it. And now we have more than 5 million visitors per year without any brand. So I'm the living proof that there is a business model which is possible and, and also sustainable. And it works well in ebida So people enter and they will have, in Elephant and Castle, they will find are now 41 different offers in food, drinks, uh, music, cinema, uh, wine. So it's very beautiful because you don't need to think where you are going that night with your friend who's celiac. Your friend who's Muslim, your friend who doesn't eat uh, uh, chicken because he doesn't like chicken, or one friend who's not in the best moment of his life financially, you just say, where should we meet? In Mercati. Because you go and everyone can go and get what they want, but sit at the same table. Because tolerance and inclusion is one of the most important parts of eating and sharing food together. Do you consider yourself a social enterprise? we are in reality a social enterprise, but because I've been working also in charities, etc., I realized that I don't want to be a an hypocrite. And uh, if I am just a charity, I, will, I need to ask money to big corporations. So my concept is, no, we make enough money to then reinvest them in our own activity of charity. So yes, we basically are a social enterprise, which makes Strangely enough, one of the best EBITDA in the sector.
1: You touched on it very briefly, but you mentioned the manifesto. What's that all about? Give us a little bit of insight into that.
0: Absolutely. The manifesto basically is a condensed and uh, clarified uh, mix of the SDGs and the ESG principles. So basically, we are going to, as first step, here to fight for the right, human right to food. Again, it means that food, whatever food we serve, drink or food, it should uh, be compatible with uh, what our, um, our human rights uh, document in 48 declared as adequate. Adequate means accessible, which doesn't mean cheap. It means that you can access food at any time, at any, under any circumstances. Don't forget it. Big industry interpreted it as cheap. Uh, accessible, nutritious, food should reinforce you, should make you stronger, should make you much smarter, and then compatible with local culture, which means that you can't anthropologically forget that every population has got their own habits, their own uh, DNA taste tests, because when you When your mother feeds you with her milk and she's been eating something, you automatically, in your mind, in your DNA, you get accustomed to that. You cannot forget it. So you cannot go around by saying, oh, I have a burger. It's the best in the world. Everybody should should eat the same burger. This ruins and breaks the food system of every country. So what we do, even if we are Italians, obviously at heart, every time we go and we absorb from the local Uh, cultures, and we change markets wherever we go. There's not a standard, there's not a module, even the name change. The second market I open, which is in Mayfair, it's called Mercato Mayfair. The brand, the names, this is all silliness of people who have nothing to say. You need to concentrate on the content. So the real brand is what the feeling, the sensation that we lead in the mind, heart, and stomach of our
1: wonderful guests. Where do you go? Where do you operate? Where do you? Uh, where where can we find you?
0: So we are in Elephant and Castle in uh, forty-two Newington Causeway. It's a big site, five thousand square meter, with nothing around it. So if you come, the five million people who come come just for us. Then uh, governor approached me to open another one in a beautiful refurbished, uh, deconsecrated church, St Mark's, in uh, North Audley Street. And that was also a very big experiment because we had a beautiful building. And in Westminster, I thought it was a very rich place. And then I, through our studies and anthropological studies, I never do marketing studies. I think these are for people who do not know what they're selling. Um, I realized that it's also the poorest. So it's a very paradoxical borrow. And so we created the same approach, which is if you enter, you we can feed you with five pounds for a lunch, which is sex for all of our travel partners. But if you have more money, you can spend as much as you want. So it's very democratic in that sense. Then we open another one in a uh, uh, small pest in Woodworth. Small one is, say small, means it is around 700 square meter plus 1,000 meter of garden outside. Uh, because in that location, which is uh, absolutely location with no community whatsoever, it's uh, it's a very cold area but there are a lot of residents and a lot of offices and i dislike uh, uh, very much all the delivery systems that are in place now i wanted to create a place where we could deliver some food to people who needed it but food which was made in front of them food was made 100 meters from them and they could relate to you see old uh shops in italy and i remember when i was a kid they would come and bring us the meat or oh, Mr. Raska, how are you? Yesterday you ordered this, we have a new wine. You know, this kind of social uh, dimension of the delivery made with uh, someone who you actually know and where your food comes from. So we opened the wine in Woodworth and then with the GLA and the mayor's office, they asked us to develop another concept in uh, uh, Ilford, which is an up and coming uh, uh, new area of London. And I walked with the mayor of, uh, of uh, Redbridge Council one day, and I found this empty parking lot, and I said, why don't we build it here? So we built a wooden structure, which is going to be open probably, let's say, in the by June of this year, or next year. And uh, we are going to create something similar in Ilford, but, um similar to Elephant and Castle.
1: Tell me a little bit about your trading partners. Uh, how do you go about identifying who they could be vetting them making sure that they're meeting the standards that you you're embracing um so we
0: have uh, three ways of doing it uh, the first one is the dream campaign so uh, a social media campaign we create a campaign for certain uh, categories or for certain uh, locations we created the first one for refugees and we hosted the first Uzbeki refugee and then we expanded to the next year. So we always leave a space for refugees. We work with TURN and other charities so that we give space to these wonderful people who were maybe homeless sometimes to give a lecture basically about their culture through food because they're serving food in our our location. They can also provide knowledge about the history and the culture there. So they're big ambassadors. I love them. And uh, this is one uh, dream campaign. Another one is for the female food founders, because as you know also in that case um, it's more difficult still now, which is a shame for a woman to create an, imp- an enterprise and do and start a business in particular in the food sector. So we create a space and we give it for free for the first months and we give a, a training program to these people also. And then we create a dream campaign for general purposes also. So we, have, uh, we are opening it we want to have 10 new trading partners come with your idea. So we open it to everyone. The last one we did f- was f- we received 125 applications in one month. And they have to go through a scheme, which is a, a pitch of one minute, a small business plan. Again, we are talking to street food vendors. So the business plan is just the idea of what they want to do, but they have to follow some rules. And then out, uh, out of 125, we go to 40, then to 10. And then we give the space for free to one of them. And the other will be part instead of the process of opening. This is our strongest way of doing it. The second one is by people who just apply naturally because now you know, being now very well known, people come and talk to us immediately. The third one is our direct contacts. Don't forget that I've been doing this for 35 years. I've opened Italy, also the other big uh, food uh, Italian food store. And in our team, now we have as a chairman of the group, the ex-CEO, basically the founder of Time Out Markets. So just with three of us, we have access to the worldwide food scene. And then we go and talk to people directly when we need it.
1: Mm. Tell me a little bit, you, you mentioned uh, business schools before and having MBA students look at, a, a little bit at the case studies of the work that you've done. One of those key components of a of a case study is that the funding was that a challenge, especially keeping in mind some of the social enterprise um, uh, side to your venture.
0: It's it's a big thing. It's a big thing, Alberto, because uh, when you go and talk to banks, who tell you that oh, what you do in sustainability is what we need, uh, what you do for the community uh, during uh, just to give you an idea during COVID. I, even if we were closed, so I went very near bankruptcy because I make money by selling food. If people do, cannot enter, I don't make money. And uh, no one stopped charging the rent. No one. The good ones postponed it, but the landlord got everything. They had no problem. And this is not fair. Second one were the banks when I asked guys, I'm still feeding two to 3,000 families during COVID by giving them boxes of food, you know, peas and tomato cans and whatever, because I was getting it. Plus, we are feeding more than 500 kids only in Southwark during summer school retreat for six weeks, Christmas retreat, because you know that 43% of poverty line among kids in Southwark is a real thing. And when the, clo- the school close, you they do not have three meals per day. They have a maximum one, which is a disgrace for a country like London, for like UK, which I love immensely, obviously. So we decided to create a summer camp to feed these kids. Even if I did all of this and I paid every single debt I took for COVID to not to fire anyone of my employees and not to charge the rent to any of my trading partners, so I got, I took all the debt on, on my shoulders. When I went to the banks to help to ask, can you help me just to renew, renegotiate and help me with some money? They told us, Oh, your revenue is not enough. I said, It was COVID. I was closed. They couldn't care less. So if I had to say something, is this? They chat a lot, but they don't care about community sustainability at all and uh, the landlord are very similar they like to say that they're green but when you need something and when you really feed kids they all disappear so i cannot it's it's difficult Albert. what's, it's what's very the
1: difficult. message what's the message that you have for social entrepreneurs today or aspiring social entrepreneurs of tomorrow when they think about going into this space when they're thinking about uh that import the importance of funding and where to go for it is it uh, where do they need to go what do they need to do
0: I would go with uh, crowdfunding, uh, with uh, family and friends, or people, finding people who believe in the same values. This is the most important thing. Don't go to venture capitalists. Don't go to banks. They don't care about you. They don't care about real social. Some of them might, obviously, Alberto. is a generalization. But let's say that in my life of 35 years, probably 95% of the cases, they tell you that they love it. They show that they love it. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty idea of funding something that disappear, Because at the end, their way of calculating their return on investment is based on uh, the 80s, of uh, an old way of uh, securing their return, not thinking about the social impact of what we are doing. This is my uh, experience, so I would suggest people to Try to create and engage with people who really care about it and find money, maybe a little bit. Don't worry about big money because I started my company, the first one with 500,000 pounds and Elephant and Castle is 700,000 pounds. And only by architects at the beginning, I was asked to pay 5 million in restructuring. I did everything with 700,000 and we made 9 million pounds of sales. So there is also this idea. Don't listen to people who tell you that you need a lot of money. You don't. You need a lot of passion. You need a lot of people around you who believe in what you believe. You need a good team because alone you can go fast but you cannot go far. So you need people and you need uh, your time. Don't think. One thing I want to say that is very important. I heard a lot of young um, guys coming to me and asking for advice when they tell me that, yes, I want to be an entrepreneur but I also want to have a good balance, uh, you know, work-life balance. Forget it. If you're an entrepreneur, the boundaries are not there. Your life is your business. If it's not like this, don't do it. Don't do it because there is no Saturday, no Sunday, no Wednesday night. If you believe in something and you have a mission, you also enjoy doing this. It's your life. That's very important.
1: Thanks so much for sharing all of that experience your your personal experience of all of this how did you get into all of this so you mentioned been around for 35 years doing this sort of stuff you mentioned italy um, give us a little bit of insight into your trajectory
0: so let's say that i've always loved food as you can imagine alberto deeply and i grew up in a typical italian families where all dinners were in the kitchen with a big table my mother cooking father Brother and sister, 8 o'clock, nobody could skip that moment. And it was a moment of, uh, yes, sitting together, but in reality it was a moment in which we were updating father, who was an entrepreneur. Uh, mother was negotiating the various situations. It was a very beautiful political scene. And she would tell us, if you don't do this, I'm going to tell daddy tonight. So, and it was a game between them, obviously. But for us, it was a way of building A scheme of social uh, inclusion, which was very interesting, while sharing food. So when I was young, I loved that, and I started inviting friends at home because I love to share my food, and my mother was a great cook, etc., etc. So I started doing organizing parties for ten people when I was six, up to seven hundred people, eight hundred people when I was eighteen. Only around food, a lot of food, and we enjoyed it so much. So I like to think that Mercato is just an extension of this. I'm organizing big party where I invite people to eat with me. Yes, now we're talking about 5 to 10 million people, but it's the same concept. We don't even use the word customer. I hate it. I use the word guests because they are my guests. Along this, I studied economics in Italy and Spain and then uh, I was lucky enough to apply for a, sp- for a scholarship uh, by European Union and the... Kadan Ren, which is the industrial association of companies in japan and i won the scholarship i went to japan for 18 months to take my master in basically management and uh, japanese language and when i was there in 95 i remember 95 96 i realized that all my previous life where i've been working as marketing manager for electronic company, etc uh, i also took sorry my degree in university at night because i had to work during the day so it's been interesting in my, my journey, um, I realized that my passion for food could become also my life in terms of job. So it was in Japan that I realized that I need to find a way to transfer the culture of Italian food to the Japanese in a proper way. Japanese love Italy, of course. They immensely love it. And they started with a coffee shop called Pronto. I just remember this. Pronto is a typical reply of the phone no, in Italy, already in Italian. In other languages too but every phrase inside was written in italian all grammatically wrong but they wanted to reproduce the italian lifestyle and it was before starbucks started so 98 99 and i said there's something here i need to do the same with real products so i started exporting some italian companies to japan creating always this kind of let's call them shops because I was interested in, in the interaction with the citizens, obviously, not just in selling the product, which I find boring, by the way, if you don't transmit also the culture behind it. And by doing this, I grew my shops into bigger concepts, bigger concept, bigger concepts. And then I realized that food, if meant the way I mean it, is basically diplomacy. So I decided that I need to understand this uh, soft power tool that we can have to also bring peace and uh, and social uh, uh, engagement. And I went to study at Fletcher University in Boston, another scholarship where I took a degree in uh, international relations, but in particular in in law and diplomacy. And by doing this, I followed a lot of courses at Geneva University Human Rights, because it's my passion. And then uh, sustainability in London Uh, And when I was following all these courses, I I was already creating bigger and bigger projects. So it was contemporary. I never stopped doing the two things together and not stopping now because I'm a curious person. When you lose curiosity and you think you have arrived, you're finished. So every day I wake up saying, I know nothing. I know nothing. The more you study, the more you realize that you need to study more and to work more and every market we opened, yesterday, sorry, Alberto, but I was asked, oh, Andrea, now we're going to open one in Japan, And uh, but you already opened so many, so you know what to do. I, you you are not afraid. I said, you don't understand. I'm terrified every single time because people are different. Times are different. Locations are different. The people you engage with are different. Every time is a new opening for me, and every time I'm terrified. Of course, I got a lot of experience, so I don't make, the big mistakes I used to make in the in the past, but there's always something new, and you need to be always very humble and careful to approach every project as if it were the first one.
1: I love that. Uh, I love that journey, and I love also the origins of those uh, early days as a child around the kitchen table, having a family dinner at eight o'clock every night, and no matter what, everybody needs to be there. No TV. No TV.
0: There was no iPhone, there was nothing, no TV.
1: That's, uh, if nothing else, by the way, I think that's a key lesson uh, for everybody to take on board. I I agree with you. Andrea, before you take off today, give us a key takeaway.
0: You need to do everything you do, whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Even if it's something you know is going to end soon because maybe you want to do something else. When you're doing that, do it with 100% of yourself because you're going to improve yourself, not for the employer, not for the others, for yourself. If you improve yourself, you will grow as a person. But you can do it only if you put everything you have in and become the best one in everything
1: you do. Excellent. Do with passion, do with your heart and have that family dinner together.
0: Always. Don't forget your friends and family. This, we need to go back to that
1: andrea grazie mille.
0: grazie mille
1: thank you so much for joining me and joining us on the do one better podcast today uh thoroughly enjoyed it and i wish you well uh with this venture and and many others as you try to drive forward this movement and uh and thank you so much
0: thank you very much Alberto. and hope to see you very soon uh, to sip a good glass of wine in one of our mercato.
1: perfect and that's a wrap thanks very much for tuning in as always You've been listening to a great chat with Andrea Rasca, Chief Executive Officer of Mercato Metropolitano. For information about this conversation and more than 250 other interviews and case studies with remarkable thought leaders in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship, just visit our website at Liji.org. That's L-I-D-J-I.org. Please click the subscribe button and follow us if you're not doing so already, and do leave us a rating and a review. It helps others to find the show as well. Thoroughly enjoyed producing today's episode for you, and I'll catch you this coming Monday.